Welcome to the Opera Biz Podcast, uncut and unfiltered, where we hang out with opera professionals and talk about life inside the industry. I'm your host, Daniel Welch. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, wait, I need to do this. Are we recording? We are now. Oh. <laughs> I need to do that to sync them. Okay. Because I record, these are the same things we recorded on before. Yeah. So they record separately after. Okay, sync everything cool. later. Everybody has loved your video, by the way. The, yeah. the people that I know that have seen it. I've gotten really good feedback, and I haven't even posted yet. I just kind of wanted the um, the runway, I mean, the red carpet to breathe a little yeah. bit. Oh, that yeah, post, yeah, yeah. And then we just did a post, so that'll be the next thing. Yeah. Well, I actually, mean, this thing will be the next thing. This little photos. <laughs> that'll be the next thing. Can you make that happen, like, in the next... Tonight, I'm going to... Okay. So I've got stuff to do tomorrow, so I'm just going to okay. do it tonight. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? Is there an app for it? There are apps... It depends on what I'm going to do. I'll zoom in and I'll look and see if I want to edit them in Photoshop or if I'll just edit them on my phone and then I will crop them and make them match so that they're all uniform cool. and sort of not quite like I held them, did the tripod. I mean, because the one I, the, the GIF you saw of mine, like I did that handheld. Oh. So I literally, I was I was sitting there smoking and I, I, the camera so cool. was down here. And I was I just, like, oh, that's hot. And this is, this is what I do when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do it more. Content creation. When am I bored, though? That's the problem. You're like always. I, I was doing in interesting. Hudson, New York, on my motorcycle trip with my dad and my brother, and I know they go to bed at like 10 p.m. and it's like, oh. guys, come on. I got like three hours in me still, and I'm still gonna wake up at 8:30. Like, come oh, on. wow, wow. So you so get. Things. I chose the room that had a balcony connected to it, so that I could step out there and smoke cigars. Yes. <laughs> and then just walk in my room and go to sleep. Uh, we did 750 miles in three days. Damn. I was supposed to go up there and ride with Chris Maltman and oh, wow. his girl. Yeah, p- uh, pianist. Audrey, yeah. Yeah. Because um, she got him into riding. She seems like a badass. She is a total badass. I love, I She's love like her. She's so little. And I, I love like... him, but together they are just a fucking riot, man. They're great. They're oh, really I great. love it. I wish that he was singing at the Met this year, but he's not. Yeah, that would have been nice. He's an, oh God, I saw him do Paleos in Chicago and I literally like. I don't understand why more Americans don't know who he is. I don't know either. Like that boggles well, he doesn't, my mind. He doesn't sing here a ton. But like, nah, how he, do you not know he, who he is? I don't know. I mean, that man's resume is huge. I met him for the first time at Cardiff Singer of the World when I was doing the competition. Yeah. And he was there. He wasn't a judge, but he was just like. It's because he's heavily connected with all those guys. And okay. he went through there. Oh, but he was there and he was like, I'm Christopher Maltman. And I was like, I know. And I couldn't, I couldn't really speak. <laughs> like, and I'm sure he just thought I was. Have you listened to his podcast episode that we no. did? No. Listen to his. It's okay. one of my favorites. That man is unbelievably intelligent, mm. very well educated, and extremely well spoken. Not that any of this really surprised me, but. It's just nice to know. Just that. his composure. Yeah. In an interview setting. Hmm. Let's okay, I'll take, I'll take a listen and take yeah. some notes. We, we, uh, we did that when he was in Marnie. So before we talk about kind of your path to here. Yes. First day at the Met. Oh, my God. First day <laughs> as a contracted Met singer. Wow. Yes. Tell, I mean, I know it was, I, it was a I brief sing day. At the Met. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can say that now. I sing at the Met. It's awesome. People are always asking me, where do you sing? And now I can say, at the Met. I sing at the Met. Oh, damn. Can I curse? Oh, Absolutely. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's kind of a rush, right? 
It really is. I I couldn't sleep last night. Huh? I just couldn't because I I was on, you know. And you texted me at seven a.m. I did. I I was up at five. Good lord. <laughs> um, and I was just like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And I wasn't called until three today. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's just really like. Mm. I feel very fortunate to be here. Yeah. And at the same time, I've worked my butt off. <laughs> you know? Yes. You um, deserve to be here. Thank you. I think so too. <laughs> but <laughs> the crazy thing is that I have so many colleagues and friends that work their butt off. And this is not, this isn't granted to everyone for whatever yeah. reason. And yeah. so I do not take this lightly at all. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm ready. I feel very ready for this uh, opportunity. So you're here singing Akhenaten. Yes, I'm singing Queen Nefertiti in Akhenaten. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about that show. Wow, okay, so I did this exact same production in 2016 mm -hmm. at LA Opera. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was my first time with Philip Glass's music. Okay. So at first I was completely intimidated yeah. because I was like, well, what is happening? I don't speak ancient Egyptian. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> exactly. Um, those are not the languages that they told us we would need to study in no, school? No, not so much. It's not one of those romantic languages. That... Romance languages, German, <laughs> ancient Egyptian. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you, Philip Glass. Um, no, but it's actually not that difficult. It's very syllabic. Uh, so going into that production three years ago, you know, I was a little intimidated. Uh, just because I, I didn't have a ton of experience with new music. Now I actually do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. The production, oh my gosh, it's, it's actually hard to describe. It is a spectacle. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have jugglers on stage. <laughs> <laughs> by definition, a by spectacle. By definition, it's a spectacle. So, yeah, the costumes, the set... The direction, uh, Phelan McDermott. Yeah. Phelan McDermott is directing the opera, and uh, he has had many, um, many go-arounds with this opera. I think it might be his fourth okay. time directing it. But he is just such a gem. His energy is completely different than anything I've ever experienced in life. <laughs> like not even just with directors. Yeah. He is a different man, and. <laughs> I say that like all for the better. He's so easygoing. And I think three years ago when we did it in LA, he felt that we were very tense. Uh. Because it, nobody had ever done it before. And, right. You know, it's super difficult music. Yeah. Um, so he was like, okay, let's break this up. And before we do any staging, he has us do like these theater bonding activities yeah and they're so fun <laughs> and it's just like it's such a great way to to just break through the ice you know yeah. and and it really provides an atmosphere that is like uh so comfortable and accessible and and in this opera in particular we have to be intimate with each other in a way not romantically but we just have to be so connected mm -hmm. because it's basically an ensemble piece. Right. Akhenaten has um, some solo, some solo moments, but we're 
basically singing together mm -hmm. for the majority of it. Um, so he wanted us to kind of bond on a spiritual level. And ever since that, that time in LA, I, I do, I, I've taken exercises that he gave us and I take them everywhere because it's just like, it instantly loosens you up. Yeah. And kind of gets you grounded and connected to not only, um, you know, the story, but to yourself. Yeah. So I'm super excited. It's a dream. I did an episode with Zach James last season. Yeah. Um, I know he's coming back to the show. How many people in the cast have done this production before? So there's me, there's Anthony Roth Costanzo, Zach James. Um, I think actually that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just the three of us. And the rest are all newbies, which is super exciting because yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm excited to just see how they react to everything. Yeah. Because I know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and between the direction and the music and I don't want to give anything away, but this, the staging is, it's very atypical. Nice. That's yeah. good. I, it's real. I, I like to see a it, show that shakes me up on the opera oh, stage. Oh, it's going to shake you up. Excellent. It's definitely going to shake you up. And my first reaction was like, what? How is this ever going to work? Yeah. People are going to fall asleep. And it does the exact opposite. Awesome. It glues people in. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I'm happy that, um, you know, this being my debut at the Met, that this is, this is what I'm debuting with because yeah. it's something that I'm familiar with. And also, who doesn't want to enter as a queen? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now, now and mezzos especially. I mean, we only royal roles from now on. Right. right. When is mezzos when is never mezzo get to playing be royalty? Right. We're whores, we're sluts, we're old women, which, you know, it's nothing wrong with that, but it's nice it's to once to in a while, you know, just come in, mix it up like a crown yeah. and a lot of gold. How, how, was the, how was the music to learn? The music is tricky to learn because it's so repetitive. Yeah. It's like the same motions over and over again but then there'll be like one or two notes that are different so it what's so difficult is that like the ancient egyptian surprisingly is actually okay yeah <laughs> i can get by in my ancient egyptian <laughs> these days but um because we're singing like in a very repetitive way even notes like we sing the same note i think i counted once it was like a thousand no, the chorus somewhere they have like a thousand ha 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 like that. Oh my <laughs> lord! There's like a thousand of them, and it's so just, it, he creates a musical texture. Yes, exactly. That's his, a great word. In his space, he creates an incredible texture, and I would say that the texture it's like it's like silk with. <laughs> okay, I won't try to be like too descriptive. <laughs> it's like silk. But then you like poke holes through it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I like that visualization. You have a tack and you like poke holes through the silk. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's like the difficult part is memorizing it. Yeah. Because it's repetitious, but at the same time, it, it, if you're not present, you can get lost so easily. Yeah. So you just have to create um, a system. On, on how to keep track of where you are. Yeah. 
And thankfully, you know, we're working with uh, Karen Kaminsik, who's conducting. She's the maestra, and she's... I've never worked with her, but mm -hmm. I hear she's incredible. Isn't this her... This is her Met debut. It is her Met For debut. Sure her Met debut. And it's... It should have been far sooner. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, Without a doubt. we're sitting here waiting for, in the courtyard, as you know, Porgy and Bess is going to be starting soon. The Met is doing, they're starting to make some changes that are They are, some necessary. very necessary changes. And it's just really nice to know that, um, that they are doing the work that, that, that's needed, you know? Yeah. The day and age that we live in is so diverse on every level. Yeah. And art needs to represent that. 100%. And um, I'm, I'm just thankful that they are getting it. <laughs> yeah. And we're seeing it all over, which we is are. awesome. So, yeah. you know, I was, at, um, I was at the dress rehearsal for Bohem in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Yeah. So and, many people you know, and Will Liverman posted a, a great picture of the cast, a selfie of the cast of the dressing rooms. And he's like, this is what an opera cast should look like. Yes. And it was and so diverse. Damn straight. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic. And we're, it's, it's so great to see that casting happening all over the United States and it's I mean it's clearly been far too long but yeah and not only steps being taken yeah no it's true but you know we're in this world that has a lot of issues and all we can do is try to be better so yeah well what I was gonna say is that the amazing thing about having a diverse stage and like not even just stage administration, mm -hmm. um, you know, conductors, but it brings a diverse audience and it brings a whole yes. new, new audience of opera lovers yeah. and opera goers and it keeps this thing going. Yeah. Because it's, I'm sorry, it's just, it's not just for one demographic. Yeah. I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to Sydney Outlaw before opening night because he wasn't in town and oh, yeah. uh, right. on last Monday for the opening event of the yes. season. And, um, He's like, the Met's going to see a whole bunch of people that they've never seen inside their doors before. Ever. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. 100%. I mean, I was there on opening night, and it was... Looking amazing on the red carpet, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I felt kind of cute. Um, no, but I was there, and the energy... Oh, yeah. I'm just like, this is what we need all the time. It was electric in the house. It was electric. The whole you time. You were there, yeah. yeah. It was electric. And it's so great to see, like, you, you hope for that on yeah. an opening gala. Right. But it, it totally depends on who shows up at the show, mm -hmm. what the show is, who's, who's performing. But just standing in the courtyard beforehand. Right. It was an event. Oh, it was, my gosh. It was, it was there. Like, it was tingling before you walked in the doors. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was exciting. That was really, really I wasn't exciting. even in the opera, and I was on a high for, like, two right? days. That's that's what we want. That's, that's what, what we it's need. about. Yes, from it's, start to finish, it was like and 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 even like us clapping when they would make entrances and yep. after arias and after numbers. It's just like yes, yeah. Let's make this thing like let's loosen it up, you right. know, yeah. and keep tradition. Of course, like there's beauty in tradition for sure, but I think it's also really interesting and healthy. Uh, to evolve. <laughs> yes. Well, we can't expect we can't expect an art form that's over three centuries old to maintain if it doesn't evolve. Right. 
you know, if we want this, if we want this art form to continue on, exactly, we we have to evolve. We we still do the classics. Mm-hmm. There's still the canon of opera repertoire that's pretty oh, yeah. standard, but you know, doing things like the the fact that Porgy and Bess hadn't been done in 30 years, you know, Crazy. bringing that back, doing <laughs> new stuff, doing stuff like Achnaden, yes, um, which is you know years ago isn't something that I would have pegged the Met to do, mm-hmm. uh, is is great. I mean, just opera in general, kind of pushing the boundaries Absolutely. of the standard, the status quo, doing new things. And it's, exciting. it's exciting to see yeah. that kind of thing. That's one of the reasons that I'm really stoked for, for Akhenaten and for new music constantly. It's why I loved, you know, seeing Marnie last year. And, yes. Um, and then they're going to, in a couple of years, they're going to have their first African-American composer. Long overdue. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Terrence Blanchard. Yeah. Who's... Um, He's done a few opera, a couple operas now. Yeah. He's, I mean, and and also just like crossing over, jazz, classical. I mean, they they really are so related. Absolutely. It's just, it's inspiring. You know, it's funny because we we all want changes to come immediately. Right. Those of us that understand how the opera industry works, especially a house of this caliber, uh, that is cast so many years in advance, mm-hmm. which means the shows are decided even further in advance, yes. so that they can get the correct funding to do it. Know exactly how the direction and the sets, all that going to evolve. So, while we want something to happen right now, <laughs> it's a little bit of a slow change. Yeah, but it's a change. It and is a change, and wheels are definitely turning. Yeah, but in the opera industry, it's just at a much slower rate. Opera is slow to pivot in general. Yeah. It is. And if we pay attention, we see that the pivot is happening. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Opera just doesn't move as fast as the rest of the world. No, they don't. <laughs> but nope, at the same the, time, if it movie. did, would we still have opera? Exactly. Yeah, so. good question. Yeah, but it's you're right. It's definitely moving, though, and we yeah. see that everywhere. All around, the, my latest... I can say, actually, all of my engagements last year, I noticed a change. Yes. Whether it be, like diversity um, women working with women uh-huh. I worked with three women conductors last year and that was definitely a very new thing for me and it yeah. was like yes why hasn't this, this always been you yeah. know, the case um, so it's definitely changing slowly but surely yeah so let's back up just a little bit okay. and by a little bit I mean way back uh-huh. I, I always I always have to ask the people that are on my show. Why opera? Because it's so niche. It's so specific. It's, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you don't accidentally. For those that have fallen accidentally into the opera world, there was still a path that led them specifically to that place to fall ass backwards in opera. <laughs> so nonetheless, it's Absolutely. like it's still something that and then you have to really want it to continue working on it. Oh, yes. So. Because this thing is not easy. <laughs> and it's, it's not what we would call normal. Um, By any means. <laughs> yeah, I so... Mean, how did you, you... You always sang? Musical well, family? Hmm. Okay, so... I grew up singing in the church. Yeah. Gospel. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, I've always sang, sung. But classically... I mean, classical singing started much later. Mm-hmm. I was about 17. Okay. And it's just kind of crazy how it all happened. And I like—I really do like to say that opera chose me because I just never yeah. in a million years 
imagine that I would be an opera singer. I yeah. just didn't. That was not in my world. It wasn't in our family traditions or anything. So what had happened was <laughs> um, I have actually always played classical piano okay. since I was about five. Yeah. Classical music was in there. Yeah. But I had an elective to take in high school, a performing arts elective uh, requirement that I needed to fulfill to graduate. So I decided, well, let's sing. I mean, I know how to sing. Let's try this choir thing. So I auditioned for the choir. You had to audition. And I got in. And my choir teacher instantly said, you know, you really have something different. You have, you have a natural gift in there. Would you be interested in taking private lessons? And I was like, well, I'm playing basketball. I'm this. I'm doing choir, choir in church, playing piano. Like, I really don't have time. But somehow she convinced me. <laughs> so, yeah, I started taking private vocal lessons. And I just fell in love with this new weird thing. <laughs> it was weird to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God these sounds that these people are making like they're so interesting I've never heard anything like it yeah um, so I started taking lessons every week and I decided that well okay let me back up <laughs> there were there were some dramatic events that happened any a dram dramatic event which was I was on the basketball team I was a captain mm -hmm. and I was slated to go to school to college on basketball scholarships and long story short uh, I was in my first opera at Tacoma Opera <laughs> which is south of Seattle who don't know um, I was in the course of Tosca okay and I also was the captain of my basketball team varsity two you know, very different worlds two very different very similar ways that you have to be, but yeah, different worlds. Um, so I had a choir rehearsal the same day as a very important basketball game that was going to get us to the next round yeah. of the championships. So I asked my coach if I could sing the choir rehearsal or the, the opera rehearsal and have my mom, you know, just bring me up. To the game so I would I would not be riding up with the team and he agreed he was like sure as long as you're there and time to warm up so finished the rehearsal at Tacoma Opera my mom drives me two hours up north we got there I was like okay I'm ready to do this and I got all suited up he sat me on the bench and I was like coach WTF like I need to go warm up and he's like, you're not warming up. And I was like, so confused. And one quarter went by, two quarters went by, it was halftime and I was freaking out because they were losing. And also like, it was my team, I, I came to play. Yeah. And as a captain, you know, like. What was your position by the way? I was a shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like a two, two, three. Sometimes yeah. I was point guard, but I was really shooting. Yeah. Um, and we had a very small team. It was like an eight-person team, so not very many subs. Um, so, yeah, halftime came. Intermission came. <laughs> Intermission. 
And I was freaking out. My mom was freaking out. The stands were actually freaking out. People were like, what are you doing? It was a whole scene. Seattle, uh, the Seattle Times covered it actually. Really? Yeah, because it was crazy. It was, it made no sense. Yeah. So he called himself teaching me a lesson. <laughs> that I wasn't responsible and I chose this singing thing over my team and I wasn't I wasn't a good when leader. When he told you you could do exactly. both. Exactly. So I'm like, you are an idiot because you lied to me. Yeah. And what type of lesson is this? The lesson should not have been that. It should have been, yes, do all you can to spread your wings and like <laughs> right. <laughs> figure yourself out. But he was very close-minded, clearly. So... That was the last day of my competitive basketball playing. Wow. And I turned down all of my scholarships. I was mad. Yeah. And looking back at it, I mean, I definitely think I made the right decision. <laughs> I mean, I would say yes, but I understand. But at the in time. That, in that, at that point in time. At the it's... time, it was not cool. Yeah. You know, I, I let, and I did feel like I let down my teammates. Half of them were super upset. Half of them, they understood. So I actually just called them in for a team meeting without him. Um, and I just said, you know, I'm really hurt by this whole thing and I'm sorry if I let you guys down, but I can't continue without knowing that I can be a part of this team. Because the thing was, they made it to the um, state championships. Yeah. And like, duh, I, of course I want to go to state. Right. But he was like, I can't guarantee I'm going to play you. And I was like, well, I can guarantee that I'm not going. Right. So that hurt. Yeah. It, it, it was really a hard decision, but I, it was more of, it was a matter of principle for me. Yeah. I just felt he lied to me yeah. and he let the team down. And in the end, I think I, I probably, I did too in a way, but I couldn't, I've always been very strong willed Yeah. and I just could not. How'd your teammates react? Yeah. Half of them were pissed Yeah. and we never really spoke again. And the other mm. half were supportive of my decision. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I quit basketball, I just completely re redirected yeah. myself. And meanwhile, this is my senior year. Yeah. So college applications were due. <laughs> so, right. You know, yeah. Like this yeah, was yeah, yeah, super yeah. last minute. Um, so yeah, I I learned my four songs, my four art songs, one in <laughs> English, German, Italian, and French, and. That was the first time that I'd sung, sung in those languages. So, well, English, yes, but I made a uh, pre-screening CD. I don't even know. If, I'm sure they still do that. Yeah. So the pre-screening CD you send in so that you can can even be granted a live audition. Right. So I got live auditions everywhere I applied, and uh, I knew I wanted to go far away from home. <laughs> Makes sense. I just had to get away. I've always been <laughs> such a free spirit, and... Um, and we traveled a lot as, as kids, so I wasn't afraid of the distance. Good. Yeah. And my sister actually went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Oh, okay. So I would visit her and I'd be like, I need to be on the East Coast. Like, yeah. this is me. This pace I like. So I auditioned for Manhattan School of Music and I got in. Uh, didn't have a lot of scholarship, not like those basketball scholarships. <laughs> so that was a bit of a mm, yeah. risk. That was a hard decision, but I just felt like... This was something that I'd never felt before, this feeling. Uh, and it was something that I needed to at least try. Yeah. Even if it was at the expense of a lot of money and <laughs> time. But um, 
make sacrifices for your art form. Yes. And I'm so thankful because my parents, they supported me. Good. I I feel like so many parents wouldn't have been that way, you know. Um, So I I give a lot of credit to them. So yeah, I went to Manhattan School of Music. For four years, I worked super hard because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. (laughs) I was at the Met every week trying to get these rush tickets. Yep. You know those $20? I don't know how much they are anymore. Those twenty dollar rush think, tickets. I still think they're like twenty five. Awesome. 25 or okay. Yeah, they're still relatively the same. Good. So yeah, I would do that. I would go to Carnegie. I would go to Alice. Like I would just immerse myself. Yeah. Um, as Hang much on a second. As I, I'm gonna wait till that. Yeah. Goes by. <gasps> Jesse Norman just died. Yeah, I just got that as well. Talk about a queen of opera. Wow. Maybe we should talk about that right now. Or is that like too off topic? No, that's totally fine. I mean, it's it's tough. It's always tough when you have somebody in the industry that you either look up to or was somebody who didn't pave a way but carved a way. Ooh, I like that. You know? She really um, did carve away. She did. And for many, she did pave. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Germany, like, the career that she had as a black woman over there. Yeah. She definitely paved that way. Did you ever get to see her live? I did. I met her. Yeah? A few times. But I, I, I actually, wow. Yeah, so in 2008, I sang in, do you know Damien Sneed? Mm-mm. He's a pianist and composer and singer he does everything but <laughs> he has a choir called uh, Le Choral Chateau or something and we sang at the inauguration Obama's inauguration and she was there in the audience and uh, I just will never forget meeting her <laughs> yeah it was incredible what a presence I never had the opportunity to see her live but Every video performance I've seen mm-hmm. was just so damn powerful. It was like she was singing. When you can feel that through YouTube, that's right. something. That is, that is a lot of something. something. It was like she was singing for her life. Yeah. But so, like every note was so intentional. Yeah. You know? Which is something that I always, you know, whenever I listen to her, I'm like, when I'm studying a piece of music, and if she like died on Aeneas, for example, I listen to her when I am laid, and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it just like breaks your heart. Yeah. So many colors. Yeah, her her ability to make a piece of music vibrant or gut wrenching with her tone and with her color and with her expression. Unparalleled. Yes. In my in my opinion. Yeah. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Oh. She uh, definitely made this world better. <laughs> it's you funny you, you you look at uh, you look at the impact that certain people have in life in general. And I got into a conversation with some with somebody recently about kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't plan on having any children. Okay. And I know an often argument is that well you know this is 
who you help shape the world with, you know, who you have your impact with and all that. And I don't see why you can't have an impact on the entire world um, as yourself. You absolutely and like that can. can. Your legacy can, <laughs> doesn't have to be through, through procreation. Children. No. It can be through so many other things. And often, <laughs> actually, like, yes, our, our legacy, like, genetically speaking, might be through these kids, but right. they could be a completely different thing than you intended. Totally. Or, you know? Like, I make some decisions that my parents are completely opposed to. <laughs> and that is yep. not their legacy. Like, right. that, they would not want to be remembered by that. <laughs> so true. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I'll have children either. I, maybe, I don't know. It's just not at the top of my list. But I think that we have a lot to offer either way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I but think I mean, about just, that you look at You look at somebody like her, and she just had... A phenomenal impact on Huge. the world as not just our industry but she was a household name is a household name um, to many people who aren't opera fans oh yeah absolutely which says a lot about about the type of person she was yeah I'm like finding out something like that during a live interview right or oh I, I mean a recorded interview but still mm. Well, that gives me even more to work with singing this Queen Nefertiti. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, like, when I first did it in LA, I just thought, I have to channel all of my queens in my life. Yeah. My mother, first of all, like, mm -hmm. Queen B. Um, and just like all of the women who have inspired me and supported me and challenged me uh, and who just helped shape and form who I am today. I think I still have a lot of shaping to do, but uh, I could not, I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I would have been here without particularly the women in my life. Yeah. Um, do you do that when you work on roles? Do you try and either channel people that you know or people that you think are similar to a role or how it's impacted you or totally yeah I definitely do that I mean with every role I try to relate it to my life somehow yeah whether it be uh, relating it to a person that I know uh, or an experience or just a feeling you know um, but I definitely do that with every role that I sing. And there's some roles that I'm just like, I don't relate to this at all. Mm -hmm. But I got to do it. Yeah. So I have to find something within to make this believable. Yeah. Because I'm totally not interested in, in playing a character. Yeah. I, I, I find it far, far more interesting to become the character. Yes. And everybody has their different way of going about that. Um, and I, I don't have one single way either. Yeah. I think it changes a little bit depending on the character that, that you, sure. you play. I mean, if it's somebody that, if you, it's a character that you either associate with automatically or right. it's the opposite of what you associate with. Like, I mean, <laughs> I played Giovanni and I, okay. I you know, All right. have not sexy. slept with thousands of women, <laughs> nor have I killed anyone, okay. nor attempted rape. So, mm. you know. So you got to... Somehow. It's kind of different than my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, so you, you, you gather your resources and do what you have to do to, in the end, be able to communicate that. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than, than seeing an artist do something that you just, they don't believe in. And it, it's, you can tell. You absolutely can tell. You know, you just can. Yeah. So. If it's, if they're either not engaged with the character or right. they don't know or feel comfortable with the character, right. it reads. Yeah, and it I always, real quickly. I agree, and I always find that there's there's at least one attribute in a character that you can relate to. Yeah. Um, or that you've had a similar experience. Right. So. Yeah, for Queen Nefertiti, definitely have a lot of queens in my life. Yeah. A lot of beautiful, beautiful women. Um, and strong women. I mean, Queen Nefertiti was strong. They don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. She was the wife of Akhenaten, who together, they developed and founded the first monotheistic religion. Yeah. Like, that takes a lot of strength. <laughs> I mean, you don't just say, wait a minute, world. Don't do it like that. There's actually just one God. I don't know about all your... <laughs> to everybody. <I'm> just <laughs> yeah. Gonna... <laughs> So, it's not like they made a decision for themselves. Exactly, but they had followers and they reigned for 15 years, um, which is actually short for back then, but yeah. long enough to make an impact. We have yeah. we have religions today because of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, pretty important stuff. Yeah. And I'm happy to be a part of this, this project that I hope will, you know, open people's minds because... I, and this is actually the way that I. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You look like literally, you have a double gang. <laughs> and, I, and I went, I, I literally, first I went, that looks like, and then I went, no, it is. Oh. And then I looked again, I went, no, it isn't. <laughs> Who did you think I looked like? There's a, a, a friend of ours called Samantha Godfrey, who's a writer. Wow, now and, I need to know her. And I literally, three times, I went, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Absolutely your sister. Samantha Godfrey. 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 Without a shadow of a really? doubt. Really? Wow. I don't have a doppelganger. What is I'm, your name? Janae Bridges. Janae Kwame. Nice to meet you. Not a problem, Daniel. I'm Janae. Oh, another Daniel. That's easy to remember. Are you all working around here? Are you? Oh, good. That's a crazy. I'm gonna text her right now. Godfrey. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. I was like, what's happening? He just stopped and stared. And see over my shoulder. Um. So, for Akhenaten, I encourage people to come to this opera um, with an open mind. Okay. <laughs> because it is not your romantic, uh, lyrical, well, actually it is lyrical, I will take that back. But it's, it's not your usual opera. Um, it's more of like a meditation. Because Ooh. it's so repetitive. Yeah. It's like, don't try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. And you should just come in and accept it for what it is. And you don't have to accept it, but I always find that it is not as um, conducive to, I don't know, to like receiving if you try to 
figure it out. Mm. I encourage people Just to experience it for what it experience is. Experience it for what it is. Let the emotions wash over you because there's no right, there, there's no, um, there's like no definite way to look at this opera. And it's not like Akhenaten is saying, believe in one God, believe in the sun God. Like this is just what happened. These are events, these are the events that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the bigger theme is, um, it, it's bigger than us. Yeah. Whatever that is to you, like there's something out there that's just like bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Akhenaten, that was the sun. Yeah. The sun, you know, nourished the earth. Yeah. And made things grow and thrive. And so, yeah, it's a really interesting piece for sure. And actually, there is some English. There's, there's, it's mostly in ancient Egyptian. Yeah. But he has an aria in English, which kind of sums up the whole, the whole opera. Stark contrast from Carmen, which oh, you just did. Oh yeah. Aired. I would say so. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say Queen Nefertiti is manipulative. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm saying <laughs> that, <laughs> she might have had to manipulate a couple people to like believe it to, you know, come to this belief in the one God. Um, but no, it it feels very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very different. Which I love. I, I love switching Last it up. Is a, Slightly different music. Oh gosh! <laughs> yes, very different music. How but was San Francisco? Oh, San Seems. Francisco! Oh my God! I feel like I'm actually just coming down from that. Yeah. Like six, however many months later, four months later, it was a huge success. My first Carmen out out there. Um, wow! I love that woman. I love. Was that your debut for San Francisco, or have you seen no, them before? No, that, that was my third time singing, okay. singing there. So I had some history. And I love San Francisco Opera. Uh, great company. But yeah, that was, and technically it wasn't my debut of Carmen either. Yeah. I covered it and I got a performance at Glimmerglass Festival okay. back in the day. I was way too young. I had not experienced enough, enough life. However, Francesca Zambello is incredible and she has a vision and she saw me and was like, Carmen, when I was 20 years old. Um, and so I'm thankful to her because I got it in my bones. Yeah. Having done it, you know. Um, and then I actually did it. Then I actually did it at Finger Lakes Opera. Yep. In upstate New York. Yeah. Your neck of the woods. Um, and that was Who also. Who was the music director for that? Oh. Slash conductor. Yeah. Is that Jerry Floriano? Floriano. Jerry. Jerry Floriano. Jerry and I go way back. Do you? So Jerry used to be. Uh, my maestro for what used to be Mercury Opera yeah. in Rochester way back in the day, and I think I sang six seasons with them. Doing, hey, you sang, sang, oh. Doing chorus and a couple of smaller okay. Copa Mario stuff. Covered Marcello for um, Bohem when we did it. He is such I always a great really guy. I always wanted to him. go back there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did Carmen there. Lauren Meeker was the director, who is just like, oh, speaking of powerful women, mm-hmm. she's bomb. Really, I love that woman. So, but but the Carmen in San Francisco was like my first big house Carmen. So it was yeah. super exciting and I felt ready. Uh, and it was a huge success. And I learned so much about myself, about the role, you know, challenges, a lot of challenges and a lot 
that I was like pleasantly surprised with, <laughs> you know. Um, and I'm happy that I get to do her a lot. How is that? More. How is that role different in a big house than a small house? Well, first of all, just vocally speaking, I mean, like yeah. when you're in a big house, you really got to give it, you know, yeah. because it's difficult. It's quite low. The tessitura yeah. is low, so the support I wouldn't say is ever any different. You mm -hmm. always have to support fully, but uh, it's just like you got to dig deeper <laughs> in a big yeah. house yeah. for those those low phrases to cut, but also not like blowing it out. Right. <laughs> right. So it's just really a whole the whole night you're navigating yeah. the whole time, and that's not to mention like castanets. Dancing, running around, killing. I, I mean, I was a busy woman that night. Yeah. Car Carmen, yeah. That's a, it's she... a, that, that role requires several talents. It does. Yeah. And it really does. I mean, you, most opera roles involve a couple of things that you have to do well, but. Right. There are some characters not, that, that pull more out of you. Oh, yeah. And you have to be, for me, it's not even about being sexy. Like, I, I like to. I mean, I think I have my sex appeal in everyday life, but like really what I think it is, is tapping into like that, whatever that is, that power within that is like, I can get anything I want. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know that I'm gonna get it, mm -hmm. like I got you. Yeah. <laughs> before you, before anything, like she just has to look at someone and it's over. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was awesome. It was probably the biggest challenge for me, but that's what it's all about. Like she doesn't really have to do anything. She walks in a room and people are like, give, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> or she walks in a room, she's like, I want that. And they're like, okay, you got it. Whatever you want, you know? <laughs> so she's the master manipulator. I think she's not a cold hearted person though. She's just, she's a gypsy. Yeah. She's doing what she got to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I started taking flamenco and there's great teachers here actually in New York. Really? Yeah. And also when I was in Spain recently, I took some lessons. Nice. And went to, to, to flamenco shows and uh, I just love that whole culture. This is a fun part about playing a character. Uh, I just had a conversation about uh, an actor I'm blanking out on now mm -hmm. um, who consistently takes roles based on what he gets to learn how to do for the first time. Uh, oh, interesting. So if he gets to do new stunt stuff or yeah. oh, gets to cool. speak other languages or travel certain places he's never been and that kind of stuff. But anytime that you go on stage and you do something new, mm -hmm. like there's, there's stuff that I've done on stage that I picked up that I maintained for a while. Like yeah. I fenced. Oh my gosh. Own, own actual blades what? and took Western martial combat. So I could Who do that. And <laughs> but you know, I got into it because I sang opera. Right. And you know, yeah, I'm, opera I'm, is just such a beautiful thing because <laughs> it opens you up to things like you'd never imagine. Yeah. I never thought I would be taking flamenco class or like learning about I mean our bodies are and singers, we are our instruments. So mm -hmm. I've learned so much about like Feldenkrais technique, Alexander technique for posture that just helps with everyday yeah. living and being so it's just I feel like it's just such a blessing actually and I'm very fortunate and lucky 
Let's talk about the rest of your season. Okay. What else okay. you got going on? So this season is probably the biggest yet for me. Awesome. My Met debut. Um, and I haven't sung in New York a lot, so I'm just excited to be here. I'm singing a Messiah with the New Jersey with NJ Pack. Okay. New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. Yep. Um, my next opera after Akhenaten. Who? This is a biggie and maybe even a bit of a stretch, but I'm ready for it. Is um. <laughs> <laughs> Good Dal attitude to have. Is Dalila in Samson, right. Samson and Delilah at Washington National Opera? Yes. Yeah, that's. I'm so excited. I'm a little scared, but you know, there's always. That's how you know you're growing as an artist. Yeah, and I think it's really healthy to have one or two roles in there that's a stretch. Uh huh. Who knows what will happen after this? I, I don't plan on. I, I don't actually have plans. Yeah. I do realize, though, that it is. It's big girl stuff. Yeah. And I am not a little girl, yeah. but it's just on, it's on, it's on the stretch side. Yeah. So I'm excited about it though. What um, are the dates for that? The dates, March, all of March. March, okay. Yeah, to 2020. Can you come? Uh-huh. Well, I have to go to Indy for a Giovanni. Okay. But I might have to swing down. That'd I mean, awesome. it's only a train ride, train ride away. Okay, yeah, please let me know. I got you. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been to uh, WNO in ages. Well, this will be my debut there too, so I'm making a lot of debuts. Um, and then my next opera is Carmen at Dutch National Opera. Nice. In Amsterdam, one of my favorite cities. Super hard to stay focused. I have never been there. I know, I know, I know. You need to come to Amsterdam. I've been in some crazy places on this planet and somehow that's eluded me. So far. I'm singing there for the next four seasons. I can't say what yet, but like, okay, you need to make it over there one of those seasons. Uh, well, I'll make it over there for one of those seasons then. <laughs> and I'll show you around because I love it so much. Done. Um, uh, next after that, oh, this is exciting. I'm singing Margaret in Wozzeck. Yes. At Aix-en-Provence. Nice. I yeah. love that show. Me too. Love that show. I can't wait. And this is being conducted by Simon Rattle. Yeah. So it's a biggie. Yeah, I'm so excited. And then what am I doing over the summer? Well, that stuff isn't actually announced. Well, we could leave that for another time. Okay, we'll leave it for another time. That's a hell of a lineup, though, you got for this year. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm stoked for you. This, Thank you. You're like, oh. you're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not on that cusp. You're like, Stepping over that edge, fall into the that, yeah, that's exactly full what it feels like. And it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's a little scary. Yeah, you know, like the more, uh, well, how do I say this? It's just like the more attention you get, the, the more pressure <laughs> right. you get at the same time. It's totally so true. I'm just trying to stay stable and just do what I do, you know, because that's why I got hired. Yeah, so and somebody's believing in it. So I'm just gonna keep doing that and yeah. like try to swat away all of these stupid thoughts and not believe them. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which is so hard, but we're human, so yeah, that's how it goes. So real quick, based on the listener base that you know is a lot of young artists and that kind of stuff, um, advice for young singers now. Mm, wow. I mean, I could talk about this for a whole episode, but and maybe after Akhenaten, <laughs> we'll have you back and talk about it specifically. Sure, anytime. Um, the biggest thing that I I wish I was told, actually, and, and that I like to tell singers is um, to just be yourself. 
we don't need any more anybody else's. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that we don't admire the people that come before us, but we are enough. And we've been given these individual gifts that actually nobody else has. Nobody else has my sound. Nobody yeah. else looks like me. Nobody else knows what I, ha, has my thoughts. Yeah. Like at the exact, you know, same time or... So I just encourage young singers to be you, figure out who that is and, and love on you so that when you make music, it is like the truest thing to you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and I, I also like to say that the day that you think that you can stop practicing <laughs> is the day that you should just stop. Because this, I mean, the voice doesn't change, doesn't, um, it's always changing. Yeah. So you need to always be in that practice room. I'm sorry. And I've heard singers say, oh, well, I feel like I've, you know, I went to conservatory. I did my undergrad for four years and my grad for three or two, two or three years. And I, I worked like, I don't need to keep going. Like, just give me the jobs. Um, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just not a healthy way to, in my opinion, it's not a healthy way to go about this career Yeah. because, and also life, like once you think you have it all figured out, yeah. that you're not open for change yeah. or for, for receiving. So, I, but I really do encourage singers, you have to practice technically, get those languages together um, because it's just all so connected. Unless you want to just have like a two or three career, year career and blow it out. Right. Fine. Right. I mean, it, it, it all If that's depends. what you want in life, I then mean, so be it. If that's what you want in life, then fine. Do you, boo. But I think that being who you are and staying consistent with like keeping your instrument in tune, I like to say. Yeah. Because we are an instrument and we have to keep it in tune. Whether that be working out, voice lessons, which I encourage. Hang on um, Okay. It's, I know several major league sports individuals and, Ooh, cool. you know, they'll talk about the off season is not the off season. Like cool. they get done and they go and they'll do like a vacation. They'll right. take their break. They'll go travel wherever they want to travel for like a week or two. And then they're right back. They're like, these are, these were my downsides for the season. This is what I know I can fix by training in the off season. Right. Um, it's about constantly making the game better. You know, do you ever do you have HBO or do you ever watch HBO? No. LeBron has oh. um, has a, a show that I think there's like eight or ten episodes of total. Okay. Uh, called the Shop. Mm, and he, I've heard of it. He'd take over uh, a barber shop and he'd have some pro yes. ball players and one music person. Like Drake's an episode, Snoop's in an episode. Oh my gosh, I gotta watch this. Um, and then like somebody else who's in show business, like a comedian or whatever. Okay. Um, and he's constantly talking about how all of his downtime is spent honing his game. Yes, I mean, if there's anybody do. that you think could like sit down and right. take a break for 10 minutes, I mean, it would hello. be LeBron James. And he's but like, that's no. that's why he's LeBron James. I'm sure Serena Williams is the same way. Yeah, exactly. And it's, but it, you, it, you don't, you have to constantly practice. You do, you do. And even in the off time, I mean, for me, I, I schedule in my vacations, but I know that once I'm, and I don't do anything when I'm on the vacation, it's like, right. I've got to give real, my brain real and my mode. throat a rest. Yeah. 
in my body. Real vacay mode, but when I'm back, it's like, all right. And that's not even to say that I'm back like on the clock. It's just when I am back in that uh, working environment and learning my music, it's, it's super important to, to, to not sleep on that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I always advocate for that. You know, we are our instruments. Are you, are you coaching when you're not working on a show? Oh, yeah, yeah. I coach a lot. I have coaches in New York. I have them all over the country, actually the world. But um, definitely coaching shows because you need a, another set of ears yeah. um, to listen and give advice. So I take lessons consistently, coachings consistently. It's an expensive art form. I will say yeah, that. It is. You know, and I know that that is actually very, uh, that can be intimidating. I know. Um, but I just truly believe, like, if it's something that you really want and believe in, you'll make it happen. Yeah. You will. So, yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> it seems like everybody has gone inside to go see Porgy and Bess. Yes, as they the should. Court it's amazing. Quiet. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, and congrats Always. on day one at the Met. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, it was short, Brava. but so sweet. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Absolutely. We'll do, uh, we'll do another, you know, touch back on, I, I think, I think the For more information is, about today's guest, gross. visit our website at operabizpodcast.com slash guests. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever podcasts are heard for two new episodes every month. Follow us on social media as well. Instagram at operabiz and Twitter at operabizpodcast. Thanks for listening.